Hey, I'm Lauren. I'm Steph. And this is Design Beat. Hello, Lauren here with another episode of Design Beat, where we share the stories of creative women who dance to the beat of their own drum. We hope you come away uplifted, inspired, and encouraged to go for it. Today, we're talking with Shelly Easter from Launch Party. Launch Party is a strategy and design studio for product-based businesses. She offers custom websites, and she also offers two-day intensives where you'll get a website in two days, which kind of blows my mind. I met Shelly during Morgan Rapp's Design Biz Mastery Program, and I've always just been so inspired by the way she runs her business, and it was really fun hearing about that and catching up and getting into the nitty-gritty of her business. I love how she shared so many details of how she's been trying to focus more on sales and pitching and how that's made a big difference in her business. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Let's get into it. Shelly, thank you so much. We're so excited to have you on our podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am just delighted to be here. Awesome. Well, we wanted to interview you, one, because you're awesome, two, because we love the way that you've structured your business. We think it's so cool. You've niched down, you have specific things, you do like a two-day intensive, is that right? And, um, you know, Lauren was saying you do day rate, and it's just, it's a really cool way to run your business, and we're so excited to kind of hear more about that and just learn all about you. So, yay, thank you. Um, We like to start off our interviews with We call them rapid fire questions. They're easy, like right off the top of your head questions. We just want to kind of get into the interview and get to know you and, you know, break the ice a little bit. So our first question is, what is your favorite work snack? Oh, gosh. (sighs) Well, my main food I eat is a smoothie. I have that every day. It's not technically my snack. It's my lunch. But otherwise, I actually don't snack very much in my office. But if I could, it would probably be just like something chocolatey. Oh, mm. I feel that you're a good person for not, I mean, your keyboard must love you, right? To not, I, do, for- I keep it clean. Yeah. <laughs> crumbs. Yeah. That and a so diet nice. Coke too. That maybe that can be my snack because oh, a yeah. diet Coke there is just delicious. Okay. My next question is what's your favorite drink to have? <laughs> well, okay. I'm a big drink person. So I quite like mm-hmm. matcha tea. I have one of those every morning Ooh. and I like having them when I um, have my, when I'm working as well, or just a regular green tea, my smoothie, or if I'm getting fancy and crazy, my Diet Coke. So crazy. Nice. <laughs> do you have, do you usually, are you a breakfast person or do you like, is your first meal of the day that smoothie for lunch? Oh no, I definitely eat breakfast. Okay. I have to eat my three square meals plus more uh, every day. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Oh, yeah. You're a responsible person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm just very hungry in the morning. Yeah. Um, so I love smoothies too. I usually, if when I eat lunch, it's usually something like a smoothie, but what I love to do is pair, um, bread with it. So right now I do sourdough. So I'll have a smoothie and then like bake a loaf of sourdough to go with it. Ooh, that sounds nice. That seems like an interesting pairing. So good. Another alternative pair is frozen yogurt with fruit toppings and breadsticks. So Oh there's yeah, th- no. There's something in there's something. 
not like dipping in the yogurt but like just like eating it together because you have like this fruity and then you have like these wonderful carbs and like garlicky breadsticks no 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 oh okay well that's normal just like like buttery butter or breadsticks i have diagnosed no garlic you're like no 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 that's a no i'm passing you need to thanks for the offer but no we have um this place in utah it's called the pizza factory there might be other ones around the country but um, they have these breadsticks that are seriously like long, like long, oh, like the thin long. ones, and they're they're thick. They're like this oh. thick. Okay. And anyway, I always get frozen yogurt and then like a big one of those breadsticks. And oh. anyway, I I am a fellow smoothie lover. They're great. I love that. Why okay. eat a meal when you can just drink your meal? You can just drink it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Chug it down. That's how Save you all that green. chewing. Yeah. <laughs> favorite way to get greens okay perfect okay next what is your favorite creative tool oh man you're asking the hard questions right off the bat okay well i love <laughs> xd i mean creative okay. cloud for sure but xd has been a new one for me i think uh-huh. i started using it about two years ago and to yeah. me that's recent <laughs> that's very recent yeah um yeah so i really like xd and then of course just the standby you know photoshop InDesign, Illustrator, those are the other main the big three Adobe products that I use. Yeah, you can't go wrong. I mean, some people, Adobe is like a sensitive topic for some people. Really? Is it? Like, it is because people don't like paying for the subscription. Oh, yeah. yeah. People get really, really angry like that about term. that. I, don't I, have... I prefer to not pay for it, mm-hmm. but yes. I would like to use it. So, Same. <laughs> it's worth it. It is it worth, is it. worth it. I, I would say it's worth, it. worth it. it. Okay, so thinking about the summer coming up, what is your favorite campfire treat? Gosh, see, that's another one we were talking before this, what we have in Florida and what we don't. I feel like we don't have a lot of campfires. No! <laughs> At least not that I go to, because gosh, you're just adding heat. But I would just go yeah. with, I don't know if popcorn is a campfire treat. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm answering no. all these with totally. weird foods, but no. popcorn can never go wrong with that. Yeah. Yes. Sweet or salty, popcorn. like like more savory. I like I like salty popcorn salty. usually. Mm, me too. Yeah, I'm a sweet. I like to have the kettle corn. The kettle, yeah, caramel that's corn, good. Caramel corn. I love caramel corn. You're mm. making me hungry. It's lunchtime. Okay, <laughs> I know. <laughs> what is your favorite mm. hobby outside of design? I'd probably go with reading if that counts as a mm. hobby. I read a totally. lot. Yeah, yeah like not read? business books. Not business books. For the most part, not. I try some. I try to read business books. It's really hard for me to finish them, but I mm-hmm. do not have a problem finishing any fiction book for the most part. So cool. I, right now, I'm reading the Jane Austen Society. Really mm-hmm. like it. Just finished Mexican Gothic. That was great. That was outside of my normal genre because actually it was it's horror, and I did not know that oh. when I was reading oh, no. it. <laughs> you're like oh, reading it, and you're like. I was getting very freaked out. Yeah, but it's kind of like, it's not like um, grotesque. So it was kind of Mm. like a slow burn, like a thriller almost, where I was just, I could not put it down. (laughs) It was really good. That's awesome. Sounds fun. I like to read books that I can finish in like two days. If I can't read it in two days, I won't pick it up. (laughs) I I love people who read. They're so creative. I do too. I just... Oh, well, thanks. It's so cool. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I can, I like listening to books. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to books. Sitting sometimes. and reading is so hard for me. Though. Oh, really? I just get so distracted or fall asleep. Oh, I fall <laughs> asleep. I don't have that problem. I'm, I'm a major night owl. 
I kind of wish I had that problem, but I can stay up. It's hard for me to stop and like go to sleep at like one a.m. or so. Really? Two. I can. Stay That's up what I do late. when I want to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, read. Yeah. <laughs> read. <laughs> okay. Well, those are our questions. We hope they weren't too hard. <laughs> I mean, some of them were challenging for me, <laughs> but I tried. Yeah. Okay. So, Shelly, first of all. You're awesome. Thank you. Um, will you kind of walk us through like what you do? Like, what is your business? You have launch party and um, what, what do you do? Tell us all about that. Sure. So launch party, we focus specifically on e-commerce and we specialize in Shopify. So we're doing all sorts of things for e-commerce with branding and positioning and strategy, and then actually building the websites and everything that that entails with Shopify. Um, and so we have two ways of doing that. One is with custom websites, which are definitely a longer process. Those can be two to three months. And then we have the rapid fire, uh, the two day <laughs> Shopify intensives. And that's where we do everything as quickly as possible in two days and build websites. That is that so way. fast for a Shopify site. It is. <laughs> for any site, actually. Any site, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely is. But I really, those can be really fulfilling because it's really fun to just get in and get out. And obviously yeah. we're not doing quite the same level, you know, w with the two days, we skip the whole XD part, like with the layout and uh, the designs. Mm. We don't do that. I just go straight into the building of the site. And I always ask that my clients trust me, you know, if, if they are comfortable with, you know, my design aesthetic and they're comfortable with me making a lot of decisions for them then the two-day works really well. But if they want more of a collaborative process, then custom websites can be better for that. So mm -hmm. those are the two ways for services. And then I also have a course that I launched last year, and that's been fabulous. So that's called Shop School, and it's a DIY Shopify course, mostly designed for Etsy sellers and boutique owners. Cool. So it's someone who would like a website, but they kind of want to do it themselves or maybe they're not at the point where they can pay you to do it. They take this course and then they can build it themselves. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Really cool. And did you say that you do the branding as well? So when you get a client, you do the branding with Shopify and all of that put together, or do they come to you with the branding first? Really depends. Okay. I do offer branding, but I definitely have plenty of clients that either they've previously just worked with a branding designer and their branding designer referred me Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they're an existing business, they want to keep their logo, they're not doing that. But then I also have clients that want to redesign their logo, or they don't have one yet. So it really just runs the gamut. I love that you offer that as like a whole service. Yeah. So when you do the shop intensive, like you were saying, it's basically, they come to you, and they say, I want a website, I want to do it in two days. And then you, they just kind of give you information. And then you say, awesome, let's do this. And then you go and build it in two days. Is yeah. that right? I mean, pretty much. So, and it actually used to be one day, but, <laughs> but I was wondering why I set it up that way because I made it where it'd be one full, like regular work day mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I don't have a regular work day schedule. So it took mm -hmm. me like five, I probably did like 10 of them before I realized this does not make any sense because my kids are home. I homeschool them. They go to my parents' house for you four hours. Them? We That's do amazing. just for this year. Wow. That, that was and not anything... <laughs> We had it's twins, right? Applause all around. That's yes, awesome. I have twins. They're seven. They're in first grade. 
Um, oh my word. So, yeah, so I homeschool in the morning, as does my husband. We do an equal amount. And then they go over to my parents' house and they do an equal amount. So thank you. Thank you so much <laughs> to my parents. It yeah, really takes village. But so really I have four hours that they are not here. And that's mm-hmm. when I do my work. So when I started doing the one day, I think I started doing it as one day because that's just what you see everywhere, you know, like the day, sure. one day yeah. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So I was like, well, it needs to be a full day. So I should start at nine when my kids, when I'm normally like, we're actually eating breakfast at that time. I mentioned I'm not an early person. So we eat at nine, we start homeschool at 10 and then they go to my parents at noon. So I was trying to like work, you know, pretty intensely during that time, which was hard because they'd be home and, you know, it's just difficult. Um, yeah. And then even working when they get back, cause I would, I always wrap up with a call and we, you know, it take, can take a while. So after about 10, sadly, I, had to, I did that many before I realized, um, I was like, I should just make this one day into two half days. That would be so much easier for me. And I think it's actually yeah. a lot better for my clients too, because now I have the homepage ready for them at the end of the first day. So they get to have that night to like sit with it instead of having to immediately give me feedback like I was doing. Yeah. So, but the general process is, is I have a pretty long call with them beforehand, two weeks before to be precise, where we just talk about everything that we can. I really want to understand their business because with Shopify, especially I have to make so many different decisions. You know, I want to recommend apps. I talk about their shipping strategy as well. We talk about pricing product. I just really need to know as much as possible. Um, so we do that in the strategy call and we make our plan and then they have some homework typically like content images maybe some decisions. So they have two weeks to do that, which I have found is a sweet spot where Mm -hmm. they can do it and it's not too much time. And then the the first day is when I start the setup of the Shopify site. And I actually do branding sometimes. I've had some clients that want a new logo or they don't have a logo. So obviously we do a really simple brand for them and I can start with that at the beginning of the day. Then we do the Shopify general setup and the homepage. Um, then they have that. And then on the second day, it's basically all of the other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Email marketing is part of it often too. You know, apps. I was I just had a wrap-up call actually today with someone for my two-day right before this. And so we were setting up all of her shipping stuff and setting up her apps and going over everything. So it's it's a lot, but it, it's, it's lot. I really do like it because it just gets everything done. It's such a great gratification. I get like instant gratification because yeah. they start without a website or maybe they start with a website that they really don't like, or they never published, you know, there's all sorts of different places that they'll be at. But, and then at the end, ideally the website's ready to launch. Although sometimes the client may have some things that they have to do product wise to finish up, which is the case with the one I'm talking to or I talked to today. But generally, it's been it's been working really well. That's so cool. cool. I was telling Steph, I think you are the first person that I knew who was doing sort of that structure where you were gathering the information beforehand and then executing in one day, now two days. And then after I knew you were doing that is when I started hearing about more people doing day rates. And it seems like a really popular thing right now, recently that I've noticed at least. Yes, definitely. 
more and more people are for sure doing it. I think it just, it's nice in so many ways. It eliminates a lot of that back and forth that can just drag yeah. out that I think we've right. all It doesn't drag it out as long. Yes. Yeah. There's very tight and well-defined boundaries, which I think for a lot of us too, especially me, like that's wonderful. It just, it can't yes. spill out like weeks, you know, cause it's a two day that's in the name of it. So yeah. I think there's just a lot of benefits to it. And then also mm -hmm. like the more experienced you are, the faster you can do things. So you really can accomplish right. all of these things in two days or one day, whatever it is. And so it's really a lot of value for the clients too. I was going to yeah. say that it's really so valuable for value. the people who want it too, because they come to you and they say, Hey, we need a website. And you say, awesome. Well, if you want to do it this way, it's two days. How valuable mm -hmm. is that to the people who want a website? It's crazy yeah. valuable. Yeah. So do you make sure that they are available that day mm -hmm. to be communicating throughout the day or the two days? Yes. Yeah. I tell them okay. the hours, like from 12 to 4 Eastern for those two days. But generally, they don't have to do too much. But I do like for them to just at least be available by, via text mm -hmm. or email so that if I have a question or, you know, I need something because, you know, always inevitably some things come up. Um, but they right. don't have to be like just sitting there at their computer the entire time. And they usually almost never are, which is, which is totally fine. Yeah. It's so smart. That's really cool. So you said that you, you end with a call, right? Mm -hmm. When you start these two day intensives, do you have like a call the day before or like beforehand? And then the day that you start working, you like the minute you start working, you're working on the website or do you start that day with a call as well? I usually don't have a call that day. Some of, sometimes I do, like I ask them if they want one or if they want me to just get started. Mm -hmm. Blair, I've had like, I think only one person that wanted to have a call right at the beginning. And just because she had some questions like product specific. Sure. So sometimes there's something we need to kind of clarify right before, you know, depending on the homework. But generally I try to clarify absolutely everything that I can on that strategy call that takes place two weeks before so okay. that we, I can just hit the ground running on at noon <laughs> precisely <laughs> as soon as my kids leave <laughs> awesome I love that um, I wanted to ask this too so you only have eight hours right to put together a website what would you say is the most important thing to consider when you design a website that quickly hmm. that's the interesting thing with Shopify is the strategy is just so different for product sellers versus mm -hmm. service which I had started with doing service-based businesses so it was a lot for me to learn, but with Shopify and for these clients specifically, I would say just really adding in brand elements like personalization and customization that I know that they wouldn't be able to do so that it doesn't look just like I just took this template and put in their colors, you know, to make sure it's something that goes beyond that. I spend a lot of time on the header with that. I spend a lot of time on the navigation and considering mm -hmm. all of the different collections that we want to feature at the top, which I definitely discuss with them on the strategy call too. And then I spend a lot of time with their email marketing as well. That's another thing I really want them to have because if I spend that time on the email marketing, which I realize you asked me about website, it's okay. You're <laughs> now I'm going into email marketing. But if I spend time with that, then I know that's something that's going to continue paying off for them in the future. And it's not something they're going to have to really do anything with, you know, setting up those automations and I also make sure I always have a great incentive for people to sign up for their email list. So I talk to them about no. that on the call. Sometimes it requires them to send me a file. Sometimes it requires me to make something, you know, it just depends. But the email marketing is a big part of it. 
And then with the site itself, just adding a lot of personalization so that it really looks like not something that took place in two days, <laughs> you know, yeah. like something that really was well thought. And I mean, they still are, even though it's taking place in two days, they're obviously Ooh, yeah. very well thought, but just something that looks really customized. Yeah. I yeah. love that. And I love you too, how it said, oh, wow, wow, wow. I love oh, it thank, too. Thank you, Stephanie. How, yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really cool. But like you were saying that you don't want it to look like it took two days, even though it only took two days. But the fact is, is that you spend a lot of time in your life learning how to do that in two days. Like right. the yeah. time it takes doesn't necessarily equal like what it's worth. Oh, like, exactly. And you've spent a lot of time learning what makes a successful website mm-hmm. and you've had a lot of different clients and you've learned as you've gone mm-hmm. along. And so you've thought of everything. Just everything. Yes. Just <laughs> absolutely everything. Yeah. So can I ask, when did you start doing all of this? Like, were you always a creative person or was it like you just saw one day that you maybe like to start making websites? Like how did your whole creative journey kind of start? Yes, I I would say I was always creative, although I peaked um, with my drawing skills in like third grade. So I kind of like truly that is when I was best artist in class and never again, everyone else. (laughs) I really never improved. So that kind of made me question because I used to always be like, you know, my school picture, I had that giant crayon. (laughs) <laughs> but, but then like, you know, by the time I got to college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. It was like so painful. I just knew I didn't want to do most things. So I was mm. trying to do like a process of elimination. I first majored in marketing, which sounded okay. But then like I was taking a lot of business classes and statistics and I was just not into that. So then I switched to advertising public relations and we did some like group projects and I always ended up being like the designer in the group even though I think I was using paint. (laughs) Really? Yes. I know I made an ad. Yeah. I know I made a kitty litter ad in paint and it actually got featured in the class. So I was like, okay, so it's pretty good. So I felt like that could be something that I could do. And from there I got some internships and one of them was a design one. And then that one helped me get my first job, which was a designer at a magazine. Cool. And The magazine, I think because I was a young person, it was a very small team. I think there were five or six people that worked there and I was the youngest. So all things tech, you know, went to me and they were like, so we need a new website. (laughs) And I did not know how to do that. And it was on Joomla. I don't know if anyone remembers Joomla. Mm. It sounds so familiar. Mm -hmm. It's a weird tool. I've never used it again. Isn't it hard to use? It sure seemed hard, but so did anything with websites for me at that time. The, yeah. the builders were not the what they are now, because this was probably like 12 years ago, 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. So way different than it is now. Yes. But I very slowly learned how to do that. And then I immediately wanted to start charging people for it. So there was actually a business downstairs from the magazine that I had done some print ads for. And I was like, mm-hmm. would you like a website? Cause I don't know if they had one or maybe they had a really terrible one. So I, I did get them to pay me to do the website it was $400 wow. and it took about four months, I think. 
<laughs> That's so cool that you were brave enough to ask though. I was yeah. very motivated. And was, to like, get four hundred dollars like... when you'd only done one website. <laughs> That's like really cool. Really? You feel like that's a lot? I don't no, know. Maybe I don't it think is. it's a lot, but like just the, the, the first person you asked if you could do a website for them said yes. Well, was willing to pay yeah, you. I made like, so. That's cool. Yeah. And, but it went okay. Like it was really difficult. I just, you know, I did not know HTML or CSS and it was just really hard, but I figured it out at some point and and I remember trying to get more money from her because I was like, it took a lot longer than I expected. And she was like, oh, okay. Didn't, <laughs> she didn't pay me anymore, which I totally understand. <laughs> I was like subtly hinting, but, um, yeah. or not, not subtly hinting. I guess. <laughs> but from there, I, I really desperately wanted more clients. So I should say that I did not like working at the magazine and it wasn't the magazine. I just did not like working for anybody else. It's uh, not yeah. really a good personality trait, I would say, <laughs> but I just did not like when people tell me to do things like I don't, I just, I, I'm not really rebellious, but maybe in that way, I just can't handle it. I did not like having to sit there. I never had enough to do, even though I had mm -hmm. this website project, <laughs> but you know, generally with all my other stuff, I just felt like I spent hours just sitting there, like looking out the window or like pretending to work. And I just resented it almost immediately. Yeah. yeah. So I was oh. really desperate to get more clients, but I had, you know, I was like, how could I possibly make enough money, you know, with these $400 clients? I'm going to need so many, but, and I also had no idea how to get clients, you know, like that one I already had a connection mm -hmm. to. So it was so hard, but I, I just, I drove around and I wrote down names of businesses and I would email them. I never would just show up. I couldn't do that but I would like mail things out and I would email people and say like, you know, your website's not very good. Would you like a new one? <laughs> and I got some pretty like angry responses. Very brave. Yeah. But one person said yes to that, which was great because then she became my client for like five years after that. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, but really I just had no idea. Like that was the question that I just could not answer. And I Googled it. I like this was at the time when there were all these awesome design blogs. Like I was reading Design Sponge and Oh Joy, mm -hmm. you know, Design for Mankind. And sometimes they'd have a business post and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I have to learn this. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I just truly did not know. I feel like now there's so many more resources to understand how to get clients, but I just, I just felt like I had no idea. And it was just, you know, I'd get like, I had my website, I'd get like one inquiry every eight months, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. But very slowly, I guess I started to get some more, but it was never consistent. And then, so I worked for the magazine for a few years. Then I worked for a textbook design company, which was, man, so difficult, like design wise. I really did not like that. Yeah. And I got laid off unexpectedly from mm -hmm. that job. I had worked there mm -hmm. for about a year, maybe a little less. I'm not sure. But that evening I was like, this is it. Like, I am not going to try to get another job because I hate this. You know, I would call my mom every day when I was driving to work, just complain oh, you know, yeah. every single day, yeah. which mm. is just, I know that sounds so ungrateful. It really does. But I just really was miserable and I really wanted to have my own business. Just no idea. I wouldn't have even called it that though. I was just saying, I really wanted to be a freelancer. Mm -hmm. Um. And so when I was laid off, I decided to just go all in and I just, 
I still didn't really know how to get clients, but I just tried, you know, doing kind of the same stuff I was doing. And I, I did get some more clients, but it's been really, it was really slow going for quite a long time. I also got married and got pregnant with my twins shortly after that. So that definitely put like a bit of a pause on things for me. But since then, it's kind of just, you know, the progress of building my business. That's really cool. I love that you just kind of like went for it. And I love that. And I don't think you were being ungrateful. I do think you maybe weren't living authentically, right? Like you knew in your heart that this is not what you wanted to do truthfully and having, I definitely, yeah. And just knowing that about yourself and knowing that about the way you feel doing the work, you know, you shouldn't be doing. And like, you knew exactly what you wanted to do. And I, I love that. And I feel like a lot of people kind of sit in that for far too long where they know that they have this dream, they have this thought of something that they would like to do creatively or not creatively. Um, And so it's always fun to hear stories of that, where it's like something happens, that's the moment you're like, okay, I'm doing this. Like, this is what I'm doing. I want Mm -hmm. to do it. And it's just really cool. I mean, good job. That's (laughs) unfortunately too many people don't ever get to that point. I wonder where I would be if I hadn't been laid off. Mm because I was so risk averse. Like I actually did have a plan. I was thinking I needed to save. I think I had said $40,000 because that might've been my salary. Mm -hmm. And it was really not an achievable goal for me for, for the foreseeable future. So I'm just so glad that I got laid off because I would have taken me a lot more and it would have been so much harder all this fretting. You know, Mm -hmm. I can really spend a lot of time thinking about a decision So I don't know when or if I would have made that decision. So I'm really glad it was made for me. It really made it easier. Yeah, well, I mean, it sort of gave you permission to take a risk because Mm -hmm. the universe has your back. One door who closed. Yeah, like (laughs) I I truly believe that like when you have a thought and you're putting it out there and you know, like things will work out. The universe is looking out for you. And I just (laughs) love that little that you knew, you knew. Can I ask, what was your education like? Did you take any like courses, invest in any education? What did that look like for you? Well, I never took any actual design classes, <laughs> but I did, I did end up minoring in digital media. So I majored in advertising and we, you know, I kind of did my stuff just for my projects. But then in digital media, we kind of were trying to learn some of the programs it just a little bit, which was helpful for sure. But the most education would just be, you know, my internship. That was very helpful. Like my boss, I guess, taught me a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then when I got my first job, my boss taught me a lot there as it was well. Like a of just baptism about by fire print. sort of situation. You just kind of went into it with yes. the knowledge you had. Cool. Yeah. Because I didn't know anything about print design. Mm-hmm or magazine design or advertising. Well, I guess I had studied advertising, but I had probably designed like three ads. (laughs) So, so it's just different when you actually have to do it with your job. So my boss has definitely helped quite a lot. And then since then, just, I have invested a lot in education in the last few years, just with, you know, that's where I met Lauren with Morgan Rapp at Design Biz Mastery. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amplify Mm -hmm. Shopify was really huge for me. That's also Morgan's course when I was deciding whether or not I was going to switch to Shopify from being a WordPress person. Mm -hmm. And so things, so courses and programs like that, also sales stuff, which (laughs) that that was crucial for me too, because that was something that I was 
really overlooking or trying not to look at, right? <laughs> trying not to think about. Um, all of that stuff has, has been great for me um, as a professional, I guess, not during school. So you would definitely say yes, investing in education after you've kind of begun your career is valuable. Oh, de- yeah. yes, for sure. Do you think in the future you'd ever maybe take another course or do, are you kind of at the point where you're like, all right, I know everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know everything. Yeah, I thought we talked about that. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I certainly would. Yeah. I'm always thinking about what I could invest in next because it's fun. And, you know, I always learn so much. My last investment was with a one-on-one coach because I had been doing quite a few programs, which I really enjoy, mm-hmm. but I thought it would be nice to switch it up and do a one-on-one coach. And I worked with Hillary Weiss and we worked on my positioning and just my services and my offerings. And that was, that was great. Yeah. I love that. I went to a, um, to a school whose slogan was learning lives forever. And I, I love this concept too from, what is his name? He, Austin Cleon. Okay. So he writes the book, Still Like an Artist and Show Your Work. Um, and mm. he says, oh, okay. always be an amateur. Always go into it thinking that I can learn more. I can be better. You know, I do it for the love and I love it. And going into something with eyes wide open. And so I always just love that that is affirmed because it's so easy to look at what you're doing and say, I'm doing a really good job. I know what I'm doing. I have experience. Investing in education is not what I want to do right now. But whenever someone does, it pays off. Oh, yes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I also, I'm always wanting to improve after every single client. You know, I want the next client to be even better. And so I always ask, you know, my clients, give them like a full review and where can I improve? And I try to incorporate that into just the literally the next one, because I always want the next one to be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so cool. And you have your own course as well, right? The right. Mm. And yes, I just love that education. I think education is just the best. Um, I love that too, that a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people who want to be creative, say things like, well, I didn't go to school for that. Oh, I don't know enough about that. The truth is, and then, you know, talking to you today and a lot of other people that we've talked with is the truth is, is that if you want to do it, you just kind of go for it and mm-hmm. you learn as you go. And was it Amy, is either Amy Poehler or Tina Fey who said, say yes and figure it out later? Yeah, yeah. I think that's Amy Poehler. Yeah. Yes, I totally agree with that. And one of my professors had said something kind of along those lines where he was saying his student was saying, oh, gosh, my new job is so hard. Like they're asking me to do new stuff every single day and I don't know how to do any of it. And he was like, well, that sounds great. That's exactly what you want because <laughs> you know, then you can learn all these new things and you're not just doing the exact same thing over and over again. And I think he was actually talking to another professor, but for some reason, like I overheard it and I really, it really made an impression where I was thinking, yeah, I want to be, you know, changing things up and learning new things and not just become a master at one thing and just continue turning it out in the exact same way. I want to, you know, try new stuff all the time, even though I don't always really want to, (laughs) it's hard, but I definitely like pushing myself like that. Yeah, that's a great mindset to have. Yeah, isn't that they call a growth mindset? Growth versus fixed mindset? The fixed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. My kids listen to a podcast about that exactly. Oh, your kids do? That's cool. It's a kid's podcast. Yeah. What? Um, There's a big life. That's like a big concept (laughs) for kids. 
It's really That's good. Really cool. Yeah. yeah big life kids. Is. It's all about having a growth mindset. Ooh. So when you said growth mindset, you're like, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, Zara and Leo. <laughs> That's funny because I, for the first time yesterday, I was looking for podcasts to put on for my kids. Yeah. I highly like recommend that one. Which, which one is it? <laughs> cool. What is the name of it? It's called Big Life Kids. Big Life Kids. Big Life Kids. You'll have to look that up. I love that. Yeah. It's really, it's very well done. Cool. Well, we love podcasts, so we'll definitely check <laughs> yeah. that yeah. one out. Oh, um, yeah. What was something that was hard for you in the beginning that you wish you could kind of go back and tell yourself? Like, <laughs> was, was there any, I don't know, hard things that happened that you learned from or that just like a mindset thing you wish you could go back and tell yourself? What would you say? Oh, gosh. Yeah, there's so many. There's so, so many. The first thing that I would think of, well, there's three that come right to mind. The first is related to sales. You know, that was just so difficult for me. I never wanted to get on the phone. I never wanted to ask for the sale. Mm -hmm. I did things, oh gosh, like I even would go to conferences with the purpose of trying to make sales. But then when, whenever someone asked me what I did, I would just be like, uh, yeah, I, would, I would barely be able to answer. And sometimes people would ask mm. me, like, do you make websites? And I'd be like, well, yes, but not for people in your industry. Oh. <laughs> I have no idea why. I, would, I just did not. I would basically never wanted to sound salesy. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. became where I really pushed away any potential sales, even though that's what I was there for. So it was like part yeah. of me wanted to do it, but then a bigger part of me just could not. Your subconscious <laughs> was kind of. Yes. Yeah, so getting over you. that was really hard. And that's something that I, you know, look back on like, gosh, I missed out on so much, but I mean, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, being able to actually have sales conversations was really big. The other one is semi-related, but just being able to do public speaking. Huh. Um, mm. I had a friend that, asked me, she was, she actually put on a conference, like an in-person large conference. And she called and asked me if I would be willing to do a talk about design. And I was like, um, okay. You know, because I really try to say yes to opportunities, but I had never given any presentation. Like I had speech in college. Oh, it was my least favorite class by far. (laughs) I made everyone so uncomfortable. You know, they could barely look at me. I could not look at them. I'm shaking. I shake tremendously. My voice was shaking. So saying yes to it, I said yes. And then I found out it was a 45 minute presentation. And oh, wow. I could not sleep that night. (laughs) But so I, I actually had a client that was a newscaster or a news anchor. And I asked her if she would barter with me for like media presentation training and like speech coach development and I'd work on her website. So we worked weekly for probably like three months (laughs) preparation for this event that I had. So it was a huge like had to push myself and something that I would never have done. And but looking back, I'm just so glad that I did that because now I actually use those skills a lot. You know, like doing webinars. I don't really do in person things so much anymore, but you know, I feel like that's a pretty important part of having a business is being able to show up in that way. Mm-hmm. So that was something that was really hard. And I know I said, oh, yeah, my third thing was one thing I really thought before when I wasn't getting clients and it was just so hard was that I, all I needed to do was just become a better designer. And that's mm-hmm. another thing that I, you know, that's partly true, but 
it's missing a really big part, which is the sales and the marketing and the positioning and all of that stuff. So mm -hmm. that was something I spent probably years just thinking I needed to be a better designer somehow. But then I was confused because I would see people that I thought I was, you know, just as good at with my design style and skills, getting these clients and making so much more money. And I didn't understand why that wasn't happening for me. And so I guess just learning business skills <laughs> would be another part of it. Yeah. Isn't there a saying that's like, there's someone out there who isn't as good as you living the life that you want? Something like yeah. that. Yes. And not necessarily about your talents and your skills other than the way that you present it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that mm -hmm. is, it's a much smaller part than most of us realize, or certainly than I realized, like the communication and the marketing and the sales and just everything. It makes such a huge difference. And that was something I just wasn't willing to put myself out there for. I just like could not had such huge blocks around it. But once I finally started doing that, which took a lot, um, it, it definitely changed the game for me. That is really cool. And I imagine too, it, it kind of had a lot to do with uh, what you thought of yourself and your mindset and like the things that you're offering as valuable versus not mm -hmm. valuable. Um, would you say that there was like one thing that kind of flipped in your mind where you could like start charging more and really, you know, put the value out there? No, I wish it was one thing. It was, it was just, it took so mm -hmm. long, but I did this one group coaching program that definitely that that's what set me off with being able to charge more where, yeah. but, it, but it wasn't really again, linear. Like I started trying to charge more and I would pitch that on sales calls and I got just a hundred percent no's for a while. I think because I just didn't have the belief backing me at all. Huh. And it was probably also, maybe I wasn't presenting it in a certain way or whatnot. I don't know, but I think it was just, you know, just slowly practicing, <laughs> charging more. And then eventually someone will say yes. And then I think the belief comes there when you provide good service for them and then you can kind of repeat but it just, it was a really mm -hmm. slow process for me and it not, not a flip switch. I wish that would have been so much easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm still not totally there. Like if we're being totally honest here, I'm still where I'm like, oh, well, um, yeah, I can charge this much or, oh, well, I'll charge um, this much yeah. and I'll throw in this and this and this and this and this, you know, mm -hmm. to justify the cost. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Anyway. I'm totally it's, there. It's too. a process. And I think I definitely get that. I think if anyone, I don't know, this is a podcast for the people, right? Like <laughs> we get to enjoy conversations, but people get to enjoy the value is the idea that if it's not easy, it doesn't mean you're necessarily doing it wrong. You know, you don't have to quit. If you try your first time to yeah. up your prices and people aren't doing it, that doesn't mean you should quit. Oh yeah, definitely. Just, right. keep going. I, yeah. And sometimes like I'll get one no and I'll be like, nobody wants to pay this much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I just have like an all or nothing approach a lot of the time where it's like, well, I better quit because nobody's going to ever pay me again. So <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been there. I used to have to like write my prices. So I was looking at them. Because otherwise I'd make the quick decision to like lower it like, like a, a ton idea. when I was on the phone. So if I had it written down before, I'd have to try to say it. I mean, sometimes I still would lower it. Um, and the, the other thing is 
that Morgan Rapp actually said a lot was to just expect to know. And that really helped me too. So I don't go into sales calls yeah. thinking, oh my God, please, I hope they say yes. No, I'm like, oh, they'll probably yeah. say no. And I don't, for, for me, maybe that sounds pessimistic, but like it really relieves a lot of pressure. Yeah. I'm totally fine with a no. I used totally. to not be. The no used yeah. to, you know, really crush me. But, you yeah. know, part of it is because I have a lot more clients now. So I was like, a lot was riding on like my one sales call that I would have like a month. Yeah. So that was part of it too. That does not help. That makes it a lot harder. But I think just generally kind of thinking most people are going to say no, because most people this isn't going to be right for and that's okay. That made it a lot easier for me to hear no's. And just oh, knowing yeah. that a lot of people hear no's. I mean, everybody does. You have to. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if yeah. everyone was saying yes, then that would be a problem, you know, like, and realizing yeah. that too, like, then your prices are clearly way too low mm. if everyone is saying yes to them. So right. all kinds of stuff like that, just, I have to repeat all of that and, you know, just remind myself of all of those things to be able to continue to do it. <laughs> that's so good. I don't think that's pessimistic at all, because if your heart is too set on getting that one project you're probably going to agree to something you don't actually want to do or lower the price too much or, you know, it's just, and then if they say yes, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. It's always, my husband calls me a pessimist too, but I'm always like, well, in this situation, what's the worst that can happen? I like that too. Yeah. I like doing worst yeah. like, what is the worst that can happen here. I'm like, okay, I could deal with it. It's fine. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that's what our interview with Letitia, she was saying, the worst that can happen is they say no, they're not going to like yell at you and get mad at you for charging too much. No, although I have had some awkward experiences, oh. <laughs> but it really? was fine. I, I had a video call with someone and I was confident in my prices at the time, so it didn't shake me too much. But I had a video call where I said the prices and she was like, what? <laughs> and then she was like, that's way too much. And then she tried to hang up and she I couldn't find it. So she was spending like a minute at least where I'm just sitting there. Like I didn't even respond because I could see she was trying to hang up. And that was super awkward. But oh again, it was fine. Lord. Like <laughs> nothing else you happened survived. after that. But <laughs> but it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm just imagining like, like fumbling around and somebody like can't like or somebody like can't leave a room when they know storm out <laughs> yeah I'm like sorry I locked the door so you're staying in here and we're talking about this what are you what are your problems or what what's what, what is the word you're supposed to use when people oh yeah what are your objections let's let's bust it <laughs> so did you just not say anything no I did just, not and I, I didn't follow oh, up I mean I was like well she is clearly a no <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's fine yeah, and then you don't have to spend any more energy on it. You're like, oh, I know now. No, okay, yeah. I also try to spend like the least amount of energy that I can on on sales calls. Interesting. I used to get yeah, like really excited, be like, oh my gosh, this person looks perfect. Like, oh, I can't wait. And I'd like start thinking about their website. I would sometimes like do design work. This was a long time ago. But now I don't even get excited until they've signed the contract and they've paid. Because then you're like, oh, they're serious for yeah. that. This is real. Right. Because I've gotten plenty of yeses. Yes. Like, I'm so excited. Let's do this. And then I send the contract. Nothing. Mm -hmm. You get so, ghosted. Yes. Totally. No. Yeah. I've definitely been had that my fair share. But mm -hmm. um, so I don't 
yeah, I don't, I try not to get invested at all. And for the most part, I really don't anymore. I, I definitely used to. That's smart. I think that's just something that just after so many times, <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of have to be too, because you almost go through like a mini, like breakup. You know, it's kind of like house hunting where you go and you're yes. like, this is perfect. I love it. We have to you have it. Like, I can put there. the Christmas tree here. I can put the mm -hmm. piano over here. Yeah. Um, and then you put an offer in and then it's gone. They don't yeah. accept your yeah. offer. And you go through that grief almost. So you have to go through like the stages of grief mm -hmm. over this. And I can imagine if you get super involved in, you know, oh, this this client, we're going to do this. It's going to be amazing. That's going to look so good in my portfolio. And then mm -hmm. nothing. Like, oh yeah, it's like meaning mm -hmm. really processes almost, and mm -hmm. so just being able to kind of separate totally. yourself from that and not make it like personal. Yeah, I really. It's been a while since I've been like hurt by a no. I mean, I think a few years. Now it's it's really fine. I really do think expecting the no makes a big difference. It's really so cool. that I'm not starting to get excited about yeah, it. Yeah, and it's such like, <laughs> a healthy way to approach it That's too. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. Okay, so you told us about what your average day looks like. When you're being creative, you have your four hours of work during the day. Is there ever a time where you feel completely stuck or like not creative? And what do you do to kind of combat that? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. <laughs> I was making a face saying, no oh, way, never, of course never. not. not. But yes, not I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, all the time it's not it's hard especially working from home which mm -hmm. I always have you know there's so many other things I could be doing mostly watching TikTok honestly there you go. <laughs> gosh I love TikTok it is the best um but yeah I, as far as productive things mm -hmm. I will sometimes go for a walk I love a podcast walk mm -hmm. that is fantastic to do and can get me excited you know I have a lot of like Shopify podcasts especially so I'm like oh I like write a newsletter about this topic or cool, something yeah. um yeah. that can really help or just moving my body in some way is kind of the number one where I try to just get out of my head and just and also just thinking about how I really am grateful for all these people that are investing in me and you know that I'm working with just kind of having a perspective shift when I don't feel like doing it, that helps too. Like that can kind of help me instantly. I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I'm here. Like, oh, yeah. this is so awesome. You know, because I remember my jobs that I hated and this is just, it's, it really is my dream situation. So I really am truly grateful. So thinking about that helps a lot too. But that being said, it doesn't mean I'm just like, oh yes, now I can't wait. You know, <laughs> I just have to do it a lot of times. Just have to push, push myself and, get it done. I have a lot of tight deadlines, mm -hmm. you know, my custom clients, I do everything like by the week. So everything's just have to happen. And I don't ever want them to not. <laughs> so I don't ever want them to build up. So just last case or last resort is you just force yourself to do it. Got it. Yeah, because that's important too. you have, you know, this thing is supposed to be done in two days, you have x amount of hours. Yeah. You kind of just yes, and I do not like working at night. So I, that's not even, that doesn't even feel like an option for me most of the time anymore. It used to, before I had kids, oh, it was so much harder because I would work all night mm -hmm. on like one mm -hmm. thing that could have taken me like 30 minutes, you know? So I think having these time constraints that I have, that is super helpful for me to have these external restraints, um, like built in yeah. where I have mm -hmm. four hours, like that, 
I have to do something, (laughs) you know, so that, that really helps. Yeah. Well, isn't it true too, that like whatever task will fill the amount of time you allot to it? Oh, it's definitely true for me. Yes. So I love that. That is really cool. Lauren goes on walks too. Lauren's a walker. She'll like FaceTime or Marco pull me. She's like on a walk. (laughs) It's like windy. Like, sorry. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Couldn't I ask too, how do you find your clients or how do they find you? Like what does, just like a basic, what does your marketing look like? Yeah. So let's see. I I definitely get clients from different things I've been on. So like kind of industry podcast where my ideal clients listening, those help. Mm. Um, I don't have a question in my contact form that says, how did you find me? And I actually need to put that on there, but I also get Mm. referrals from other designers Mm -hmm. and from like copywriters, people like that. I also get clients from other clients often. Um, So Mm. a lot of referral Mm -hmm. and then I actually surprisingly get some Instagram stuff, which I'm surprised by because I don't have a very big Instagram um, presence, Mm -hmm. but I do get a fair amount of inquiries and actually booked clients from there too. So I guess social media, podcasts, referrals. referrals. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I feel like that's where you want to be is like you do a good job and people you did a good job for tell other people you did a good job. And those people tell more people, oh, yeah. like, that's, that's the dream. That is like, I, dream yes. marketing. I've spent a lot of time on that, like considered that my marketing strategy and I didn't do anything else. I was like, I'm just going to serve these clients extremely well so that I will hopefully get more referrals from them. And I have, so it, that, that has worked. I think that is a great marketing strategy. Yeah. I love that. Just do, do a good yeah. job. Give people a reason to talk about you. You do, you do and it really ask. well. And that's ask. the other thing. Ask. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that I probably would not have done before because oof, but yeah, now I do. I don't have any problem. And I ask repeatedly every day I send it. <laughs> I call them. No, but like, you know, every few months I check in and see how they're doing. Um, and I, and it's in a genuine way, you know, so it's not yeah. like, um, and then I will follow up with like, if you know anybody else, And often they need something else too. So that's always a good reason to check in for either they might need more work or they might know somebody. Follow up and keep that relationship between your clients. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. I love that. Okay. I mean, last question that we wanted to ask, what do you see Launch Party doing in the future? Like, is is Mm. this like your dream life? You want to keep doing this or do you have big goals or ambitions? Yeah. I mean, it really, it really honestly is. I love having, like, I feel like my product suite that I have right now, you know, with the two Mm -hmm. offers and the course, it's just been great. It's really worked well. So I want to continue doing that, but I of course always have like, I could do this, like I could do a group coaching program or I could do one-on-one coaching or I could do another course or like an incubator or something for product-based businesses. So there's always things that I'm thinking about um, I haven't decided what that next step may be, cool. but for now, I really need to, I really want to spend more time with, uh, my course and getting more students this year. I did really well with that last year. And then this year I felt just so swamped with clients mm-hmm. that that's kind of put on the back burner, but I really don't want that on the back burner because it's been great. Mm-hmm. So developing that more is on the immediate horizon, but as far as yeah, long-term 
I'm really not sure. Like it's, I hope something cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you're doing is really, really yeah. cool and you do a really great job at it. And you do. It's really, really cool. Is there anything that you want to say? Like, where can we find you online? Um, website, Instagram, social media? I mean, anything. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I am at launchparty.live. That's my website. And then also on Instagram at launchparty.live. And I have my workshop for shop school at shopschool.live. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for chatting with us today this is so cool and talking with you is so fun and anyway we just want to thank you for giving us some of your work time for the day sure well thank you so much for having me don't you just love shelly she is so hilarious she was cracking me up and i must say i have been thinking about that story of the zoom call where the lady couldn't leave ever since we have recorded this episode Every week, we read a review. If this is your review, DM us on Instagram at Design Beat Podcast, and we'll send you a little something. This week's review is from Brindy underscore Lynn. It says, as a fellow graphic designer, and especially after graduating college, I'm always looking for ways to feel more inspired and excited about design, and this podcast is exactly what I've been looking for. Steph and Lauren are so upbeat and passionate about design, and they bring on the best creatives. I really love when successful creatives take the time to share their journeys and give advice, because aren't we all still trying to figure it all out? This podcast isn't just for designers, but anyone who enjoys the creative process or anyone who is interested in getting started. Thank you, Steph and Lauren. Well, Thank you, Brindy Lynn, for these kind words. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening. If today's episode resonated with you, let us know by tagging us on Instagram. Maybe share a screenshot of the episode. And of course, write us a review, rate and subscribe. We hope you feel uplifted, inspired, and encouraged to go for it. To stay up to date on all things Design Beat, you can visit us at designbeatpodcast.com and join our mailing list there. You can also follow us on Instagram at designbeatpodcast. See you there.